0: Yeah, you don't need anything to start. Even for me, uh, when I got started, they are telling me like, hey, you need to buy this software, this software. And I was like, I didn't have no money at that time. So I'm like, how can I do this in a cheaper way?
1: Great experiences build
2: great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams.
1: all right builders i got a good one for y'all today i've got with me chris barra he's the owner of my dad buys houses he also owns distinguished property partners as well as key renter in uh st louis west key renter st louis west and we got a two-for-one deal today guys he brought his partner Eunice abdallah he's 22 years old and he's a partner in uh his and chris's business divine homes and properties fellas welcome to the show Thanks for having us. Thank you. you. Awesome. Awesome. So you guys are experts. You've purchased over a hundred properties. So, but you're not just a real estate investor. One of the things I want to talk about is uh, you recently just met one of your heroes in bodybuilding, Steve Kluko. Walk me through kind of how you got into bodybuilding and if, is it a part of your you know, disciplines that led into real estate or how did all that work?
2: Yeah, Doug, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That was pretty cool. Um, so through a organization that Doug and I are both in called Real Business Owners, uh, Steve actually was a speaker on one of our, you know, one of our trainings that we, that we had. And selfishly, you know, I had to ask this guy, you know, about his bodybuilding lifestyle. And I guess before I get into that, really what, what it started for me is during COVID, When all the gyms in that shut down, I just went ahead and let myself loose. And one day I looked in the mirror and I just said I had enough. So I drew a line in the sand, And I started working out again. Um, And then I hired a coach because I knew if I was going to do something, I want to do it very, very well. Firm believer, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I hired a coach, uh, started sending him progress photos about six months later. um, You know, he asked, have I ever thought about getting in bodybuilding? Uh, which, which I have, and I always pictured these giants, um, you know, on TV and, and, and these huge guys like Rodney Coleman and that. And then I found out about men's physique. So I did my first show, um, probably about a year and a half into it, uh, won that, did another show, won that. Um, now I'm able to compete at a national level. I uh, would love to go pro one day, and that's where I guess Steve Kuklo came in as we had a business um, event last, uh, last weekend down in Dallas, Texas. And I was able to meet Steve and he offered to coach me. So I still have to take him on that offer. See what, see what the cost of that is. But, um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, working out and business, you know, really goes hand in hand. Uh, Both of them, you have to be consistent. Um, both of them, you might not feel like you're winning all the time. Um, you know, one of my favorite sayings that I've heard is small uh, small wins equal big gains. So right now, for example, my goal is to gain one pound a week, maybe one pound every two weeks. Nothing really exciting about that, but I'm advancing forward, right? Um, and the same thing goes goes for business. Sometimes it's just the slow and steady uh, that wins the race. But, but yeah, no, Doug, that, that was really cool
1: being able to meet Steve. No, it looked, it looked awesome. Unfortunately, I had to miss the event, but I mean that was just a a, a massive a massive event for that group, and so yeah, what made it better oh, is
2: I had no idea he was even going to be there. So,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that, that yeah, I just, can imagine. You know,
2: I mean, and we're talking to, for the people that don't know, this is a guy that's been in top ten Mr. Olympia several times. Um, he's he is one of the top building mm-hmm. uh, bodybuilders in the world. So,
1: yeah, you getting the chance to have him train you is going to be massive, massive. Yeah, all right, brother, you brought your partner Eunice on for a reason. You were telling me he's got a, a heck of a story here. So Eunice, why don't you fill us in a little bit about how you are 22 years old and already investing in real estate?
0: Yeah, so I started investing in real estate um, back in 2019, I want to say. I was about 18 years old getting into it. Um, what caught my attention was wholesaling real estate. But before then, um, I was in Foster care. The reason I got into foster care was because I got stabbed over 25 plus times. And then from there, I was shot also. I want to say after foster care, six months, maybe nine months later, I was shot again. And then I was um, working as a valet attendant from there. And working as a valet attendant, I knew that, you know, there was more to life than getting paid $7 an hour. And from that point, I watched the guy on t- on Instagram that basically just mentioned, like, if you want to change your life, you're going to change, uh, you know, the projected where your life is going. You got to stop smoking. You got to stop doing drugs. You got to start reading books. You got to get around other successful people. And from that point, I decided, OK, I need to read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Once I got to reading that book, then it changed my whole perspective on life in general. And I want to say maybe three months, two, two to three months of just like digging deep into wholesale and real estate. I got my first big check from there. And I want to say as soon as I made that, that was just like the most amazing thing. Cause I've never made $5,000 in a month. And usually when people in my community, the Somali Bantu community, when people are making $5,000 a month, that's usually from when, uh, you get getting your tax return at the, you know, every year. So that was a big thing for me that just, you know, uh, that was, it made me it got me really excited for that and I wanted to continue doing it and make more money through that. And I wanna say a couple, a couple weeks later, my manager came up to me and was like, hey, do you want to raise we're gonna give you a raise and it was like 25 cents. And I was gonna pay $7 an hour. To me that was just like disrespectful because it's like why am I making 25 cents? You know, what type of raise is that? That wasn't gonna do anything. So from that point, I just knew that 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 job wasn't for me. So I took a big risk and just quit and never went back. And at that point, I didn't have a second job or anything. I was going to be dedicated to wholesale real estate and learning as much as I can through there. And from that point, I met other uh, real estate investors. And I want to say a couple months into wholesale real estate, uh, a friend of mine, her name is Jen. She basically was a real estate agent that was looking to buy one of these wholesale deals that I had. And she just came across and was like, hey, why don't you have your real estate license? Uh, I see that you're wholesaling a ton of properties. I'm like, it's just never, you know, it was nothing I, I ever wanted to do. And she told me that she was going to get me in contact with Chris. And we ex- we got on a phone call, I want to say, after I decided to take my uh, real estate license. And talking to Chris, he told me that, you know, he had this company, Chris Buys Homes. He's done over 100 plus wholesale deals. And that really is what, you know, made me go into their brokerage because I wanted to learn from him. I wanted to see exactly what he was doing. And you know, see what he could teach me uh, in this business. And from that point, I got to meet him. He just told me uh, everything that he's done. And from there, I was inspired by him. And I was like, okay, now I really got to take action and do what I have to do to get to where you know, to get to where he is right now in his life. And from that point, I didn't really use my license to do real estate deals, transactions. Um, I probably probably did a here a few here and there, but it wasn't really my main thing. I got into investing in real estate and buying my first rental property, and then scaling from that point. And me and Chris then started, you know, uh, doing business together from that point. A couple, uh, I want to say, a year later. Man, you just kind of glossed over a lot there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's a hell of a
1: hell of a story. There's some major components in there, you know. Um, Yeah. The question I would have is, you know, you know, obviously you were in an environment that, that, you know, that environment puts you in a place where you got stabbed, right? That environment yeah. puts you in a place where you got shot, right? Yeah. And so in trying to get out of that environment, you got to make a decision to, to mm-hmm. get around different people, to start doing different things. I would mm-hmm. imagine that, you know, your family and your friends, the first time that they heard this, or that you told them what their, your plan was, how did that go? And and I would, I would imagine, again, everybody, you know, we're a product of our environment. You're in this environment where it's normal, I'm, I'm assuming, right? It's yeah, normal yeah. for someone to get shot or stabbed on any yeah. given Tuesday, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so once you have that conversation with them, were they just like, oh, you're off your meds, you're crazy, this isn't going to happen? What what was
0: that conversation like? So I'll take you back. Um, I was 13 when I was growing up. I want to say 13 is the year jump off the porch means like um, getting out of, you know, your good stage and going into a bad bad place, you know? Um, So it was 13 years old when I really got into, uh, you know, into trouble, I wanna say. I got expelled from school a couple of times. I wanna say seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, and I didn't go back after 10th because that's the year I got stabbed. But even through that time, my father, I, I still remember this day. I still remember. He's like, the route you're going, I don't think you're going to, because I was telling him, like, one day I'm going to be rich, one day I'm going to be rich. And he's like, you're going to be dead. Like, the way you're going, I don't think you're going to get to where you're, <laughs> you're trying to go. So I'm like, you just watch. Like, I don't know when, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'll be rich one day. Yeah. Um, and from that point, I I want to say, once I got stabbed, it did really change it changed some things in my life for sure. Like not to hang around with certain people, but I want to say when I, you know, knew that, you know, I had to get around other people. I had to change my circle because my dad always told me like the circle you're in is what you're going to do. And from that point, when I got, once I got stabbed, I left that circle and went to another circle. And that's what people that were smoking weed and stuff like that. So I started, cause I was in, I was depressed and stuff. So that just healed the pain around that time. And I started hanging around with these people, but they weren't doing anything in their lives. All they wanted to do was just smoke around and everything. So I, I was like, okay, well, I went from this group to this group. Now, how do I get from this group to the next group? Like, so I knew I had to separate myself from them to really succeed in where I wanted to go in life. And I always talked them about, like, things, business ideas, business plans that we could do together. And these are family members, um, like cousins and stuff like that. But they, none of them wanted to do these. They, we always talked about it, but, you know, you smoke, you get high, and you're just down at that point you like it's just that one yeah. moment you're talking so from that point i was just like all right like i'm really serious i'm done smoking i'm gonna take this thing serious I, like i need to do something with my life i know i'm young but you know you just never know when you're gonna die i don't want people to remember me as just that drug dealer that kid that got expelled the kid that you know you know was just going through a lot and you know at an early age so i definitely wanted to i want people to remember me in a good way and i want to leave something here for my family at the end of the day too so because I think we're the first generation from because I'm from some, uh, Kenya, we're the first generation in our family to be here. So for, for me to leave without having anything mm-hmm. is just, you know, something that I look at a lot. No,
1: it's a it's an amazing story, too. And I feel like there's a lot of, you know, and I, and I have managed them and recruited them and trained them. A lot of salespeople that are still half in, half out or half mm-hmm. into that previous life. And they're half out of it and they're half into this new life in sales. And mm-hmm. um, they're, they're seeing some of that money, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then they transition, right. They get fully out of it. Maybe they get into management and stuff. They start making more money than they need. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, that's a big purpose in real estate. Once I start making more money than I really need to live reasonably, right. What do I do with that money? And, and the goat of investing is real estate. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you guys have a business together. What is y'all's uh, strategy right now when it comes to real estate in- investing? I've always felt like it should be part of your sales team development. So I want to really kind of lay this out for those that have sales teams that want to develop them and that want to be part of their real estate investing strategy as like getting them to the next to the next level, uh, as well as um, just for that, that salesperson that's listening. It's like, hey, I've got 20 grand sitting in my account right now and it's doing nothing. You know, what yeah. what is that strategy that you guys are preaching right now?
0: Yeah, you're going to talk about
2: the team and I'll talk about maybe the, um, you know, because a lot of people come up to us and they say, hey, I have the twenty thousand dollars or my house is paid off. And when I when anyone tells me their house is paid off, I cringe and I'll tell you why. But but yeah, do you want to tell them kind of how our sales process goes?
0: Yeah. So when it comes to the wholesaling side, um, we have we have like a lead gen that we use uh, and that's PropStream that we uh, PropStream and we usually get our list through there. And now we use uh, this new system that we uh, created called Triumphant Systems that we usually use to send out text messages for our uh, prospective clients, uh, sellers, home sellers. And from there, usually I take over and, you know, contact the sellers. And then uh, we just try to set up schedules to meet up with the home owners. To go take a look at the property and then we have another team member uh two other team members that usually we put on to go look at the properties take pictures and then from there we usually run our numbers and try to commit you know put in our offers from there um so it's been something that you know it's the whole i would say for the wholesaling business that we do it had, lots haven't changed it's just like more deals that are coming in now um compared to when i got started by myself and, mm-hmm. yeah, so now just having a team together makes life a lot more easier. But, you know, getting that right right team member is one main thing, too. We did have another team member that things just didn't work out. But, you know, choosing the right team member to join is like one main key for us. I got to imagine, um,
1: you know, because that that is a sales process for right That's that's cold calling slash, you know, sometimes you're warming up the lead a little bit before you call yeah. it, You know, it's a qualified lead. You know, what does that conversation look like? You get them on the phone and, you know, I've seen some content around this as well as I've been to a few wholesaling conferences where, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about lead gen knocking doors and stuff like that. But once you actually start having that conversation with the homeowner, what does that, what does that look like for someone
0: that wants to get into wholesaling? For someone that wants to get into home uh, wholesaling, I say everybody's script is different. Um, everyone mm-hmm. has their own way. And I think every client is different too. So, well, you want to you want to build a relationship, like a report on the homeowner. Um, so, when technically when I get on the phone with them, I'm just like, hey, this is Eunice. Uh, I was, is this Austin? And if they say yes, I'm like, hey, Austin, like I don't want to bother you at this moment right now, but I was just looking at your property, and you know, I do own a couple of houses nearby. Uh, is something that you're looking to sell? And from there, the a uh, yes or no tech sometimes most likely they're, they're saying yes. And then I get into building a report about, you know, how do they acquire the property? When did they, I know all these things already, but you know, when did they acquire it? You know uh, what type of condition is it in? Um, and you know, how old is the roof and all these other things from there. And this is a yeah. script that you can use online. There's scripts online for free that you can use or, you know, going to your local meetups. They, you know, people always talk about wholesale real estate and, you know, what they, what type of scripts they use also from there. Yeah. Doug, if I can add
2: something. That's great. And sure. So yeah, just, you know, um, wholesaling and real estate is just like any other business, right? So you Mm -hmm. teach people how to run efficient and successful sales teams. Really a lot of people think about real estate as that we're purchasing properties, we're fixing them up and then we're reselling them, which is absolutely true what we're doing. What a lot of people don't realize that we're doing is we're actually solving problems for people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone might have had, maybe they dropped insurance from their house and they had a catastrophe that happened in their home and they have no way of putting their house back together. Someone might be behind on their mortgage for several months, right? Um, Or they might not, they might've put it on the market, but they weren't able to get it to to the condition that a retail, you know, normal buyer would purchase that. So that's where we come in. Um, But a lot of it is just is helping people um and then that's how we've been able to succeed through that
1: now and that makes a ton of sense because uh you know once you get into that qualification process and all the questions that Unis was talking about asking that's going to come out in that process you know they're either obviously you know maybe they've gotten a few calls by now and they're like oh, another wholesaler or another real estate investor or whatever the case is and they hang up on you but if they're talking to you then naturally those problems are probably going to come up right and then that's what you kind of focus on and then when you present them you're presenting a solution for that which is you buying the home and getting them out of that that problem right and so that's the
2: might be you know if we can if we can provide you with a place to live to transition or if we can provide you with a moving truck or you know if we can solve a problem that has nothing to do with money necessarily that's how we can get into these these properties you know
1: Hundred percent, and so wholesale is kind of the entry level into real estate investing and kind of cut your teeth and everything. Once you do have that, maybe you know you don't have the time to wholesale, right? But you have that consistent cash flow, you have that extra money in the bank. What are you guys attacking first right now? You know, from what I understand, and let me give you the, the layman's like uh, typical American. What we've been hearing is Airbnbs are mm-hmm. out unless you've got made really big homes or mm-hmm. um, unless they're themed, right? Uh, and, you know, interest rates went up year over year, right? But the inventory, there's an inventory shortage across the U.S. So real estate is not a bad place to be. What what are you guys looking for first? Is it, is it the single family lease or is it the Airbnb?
2: Yeah, we're, we're, we have a combination of two that we're doing now. Um, since Eunice is really focused on giving back to the community, uh, what we've, we've been able to do is uh, maybe take someone who doesn't have the greatest credit score but has you know has maybe stocked away some cash we can take that we can help them do a lease to own purchase we can help them build their credit um and then we can we can put you know their name on the mortgage after about usually takes about two maybe three years uh, for that so that's one thing that we're doing um because of the inventory shortage and the house prices going up uh, we're selling a lot of our single families and right now we're looking to get into uh value-add apartment complexes mm-hmm. um commercials what we're
1: what we're looking into now mm-hmm. gotcha that makes a ton of sense and are you guys doing when when you talk about the lease to own situation are you working that out with the homeowner are these homes that you're holding personally you know and your owner financing yeah. or how are you guys working that
2: yeah
1: yeah we're, we're
2: purchasing the home and then we're, you know, giving them the ability to, uh, to take ownership of it. Um, And there's one thing I want to say on that, because there's a lot of lease owned companies that their sole purpose is to, you know, get someone to put a down payment down, they'll lease it out to them. They won't help them with their credit score. So that tenant stays a tenant or they get kicked out. They don't get their money back. Um, And then the, The home, you know, then the investor resells that property. We've been very intentional about helping people get their credit score to where it needs to be. And we have uh, lenders that we're working with, too, and reporting to credit bureaus. And um, so we want to be very intentional in giving back. And I think that's why, you know, Divine Homes and Properties, that business has taken off at such the rate that it has.
1: So Is, is that some of the purpose behind the name Divine Homes?
0: Yeah. Kind yeah. of the,
1: the faith-based purpose there a little bit. Yeah. Um uh, oh, that's yeah, nice. it says your dreams with faith with every step. So yeah. Love it. I love it. My yeah. wife's uh tutoring service is actually called uh Divine Uh Divine Learning. And so oh. and it's kind of funny because we <laughs> our small town that, that we live in is Divine, Texas. Wow. So <laughs> the alignment's there, the alignment's yeah. there for sure. Nice. So, you know, from an investor standpoint, you know, you look at you've got a syndication, which you're making maybe like 8 to 12 percent on if you're 12 percent, if you're lucky. Right. You've got um, you're going to invest in a uh, Airbnb and maybe you can do 20 to 30 percent on that. Right. Or you're going to invest in a single family home and lease it out and and, and maybe do in the same range on that. Um, how does this owner financing and lease to own situation stack up? Investment wise. Is, is it better margins, better profit or because you're taking more risk it's, or what's the situation there?
2: Yeah, our goal with that is we have to put less money up front um, because the, mm-hmm. you know, the buyers essentially splitting part of the, the money down um, or they're taking on some of the risk with us. Um, and then we have someone that's going to take care of the property a lot better than someone who doesn't have a financial interest in it. Um, so that's really the reason between the the least the least own. I would say the profit isn't as high as you know some of the single families uh, that we're doing. However, on the the uh, the least own program, these are in A class neighborhoods. So these are in really really good neighborhoods, um, which brings me to another point. Typically, these families wouldn't be able to to live in these neighborhoods. So that's another mission that we have is to put them maybe in a school system that they normally wouldn't, wouldn't be in. And then their kids are getting a higher education and it's just really changing. uh, It's changing the the norm of the culture.
1: I love that because it goes right along with what Eunice did in his, his younger life, you know, (laughs) moving up, Uh, with the people that he was around and you guys are doing the same thing with your business now. So I can see the alignment there as well. That's, that's awesome.
2: He's going to move from my circle to a better one here in a couple of weeks, in a year or two.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At at this, at this rate, right? He's only 22, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, word, uh, word of caution, Eunice, right? So Mm -hmm. when I was 23 is when I started my first business and I Mm -hmm. always felt like, well, if I'm at, you know, couple of years later I was at five million in my business, right? And so wow. I was like in 10 years I'll be at 50 million. That's how it works. It just happens naturally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But turns out life hits you in the face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so so a hundred percent be ready for that, brother. And it already has so yeah much the the mental uh strength that you have right now is probably 10 years ahead of what I had back then. But um you know we we always like to think we're just gonna naturally progress, you know, but that's when that's when the enemy starts hitting you even harder. They're like, Hey, you're doing well. Eh, let's mess with that a little bit. hundred yeah, percent. Okay. So I, what's next for you guys? Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to just say, like, um, I try to think that anything that comes towards you, like, uh, any trials and errors or, that you make, um, or these tests that come into your life, like it's just a test at the end of the day. Like it's something you wouldn't go, you won't, you wouldn't, And no problems would happen to you that you can't handle at the end of the day. So, like, um, that's why I usually tell people, like, if you have if you feel like this is something that you just don't think you can handle, God wouldn't have put it in in your way in the first place for you. So, you know, anything that comes my way, I always just think like, okay, this problem is a problem. All right. How can I solve it? You know, rather than just stressing over it day and night, like I just try to figure out, like, how can I solve this just so I can move on to the next thing in life?
1: I love it. Far beyond your years, there, brother. Okay, so what's next for you guys in your business? Obviously, you're doing this creative investment strategy that you guys have with the Divine Business. You know, are there other things on the table for you guys? What's what's kind of next for y'all?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm going to about, like I said, yeah. the bigger bigger buildings.
0: Yeah. So for us, uh, we're trying to focus on more uh, getting bigger units, uh, investing in A to B class areas um and that's just growing growing that also out. honestly hopefully i can get to a billion dollars worth of real estate so a, bi- a billion that's what you're after a billion or was it a million a billion billion uh, a billion, yeah. billion. grand <laughs> you know, competition.
1: <laughs> i love it i love it so much and with the with the multifamily units that's just straight you know those are going to be leases right you're, yeah you're yeah, investing yeah. in the property and then if you're not wholesaling it or flipping it, then you're going straight into long term leases with the tenants and everything. Are you guys managing yourself? Or are you guys um, uh, delegating that out to a property management company?
2: Yeah, so I just bought a property management franchise uh, about three weeks ago. Um, So uh, that's a big, that's a big need in the St. Louis market that we're in. Um, So I purchased that that particular business will primarily do single family homes. Um, although when we buy the, the complex, we'll have all of our, we're very, very systems oriented, right. And we want to control as, as many things as we can. Um, so yeah, so we, we purchased, it's called key renter. St. Louis West is the name of the, the franchise. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll self-manage those. So, and then I guess our, our strategy on, on these buildings is, is one of two things. Um, well, primarily what we'd like to do is we'd like to take a building that, uh, maybe rents aren't what they, where they need to be. Maybe, the updates aren't where they need to be, and then as people are moving out of them, we're updating these uh, properties, and then we're either going to you know pay our investors back, or we're going to see if they want to double down and hold on to it, and then purchase another building. Uh, just kind of depend how the how the market's acting right now. So, um, right now in St. Louis, I think rents are leveling out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So it's some you
1: definitely need to watch the market that you're in these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100 percent. So what are you guys looking for in terms of like if someone's listening to this, are you guys looking for investors, are you guys looking for people that want to get involved in the wholesale side of things? What is kind of your your major person that you're recruiting right now?
2: I think that's From, the great thing about us is we're we're really just wanting to give back, yeah. you know um, <laughs> We're not we're not doing this to talk people into you know, you know the deal when you don't need any money, when you, when you need money, no one wants to lend it to you. When you don't need money, everyone wants to give it to you. Because the risk yeah. level goes down so much more. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're just doing this. Um, well, I can speak for myself. When when Eunice came to me originally, I kind of dismissed him. And I said, okay, well, everyone wants to be a real estate investor. He took some action. He came back to me. And, and I said, okay, this guy has something. Um, so I think, you know, so we, we lead an investment group. It's Grid St. Louis. Um, and then in that investment group, we don't have anything to sell. And it's funny because at the end of the group, everyone's waiting for the sales pitch and there's there's absolutely nothing to sell. Uh, you're a sales guy, Doug. So Zig Ziglar's, you know, if you help enough people get what they want, then you'll help you'll get what you want. Um, so we're really doing that. And then the second reason for it is because we're putting ourselves out there. It's challenging us to level up right? Because the questions that people bring to us are getting harder and harder mm-hmm. and it makes us re- research them. And mm-hmm. it's just, we're advancing ourselves by providing other people out there. So I wish we were selling something, but we're not.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love it. Cause you're anybody that comes to you or is like, Hey, I'm interested in real estate investing. You're qualifying them and then kind of plugging them in where it makes sense. If it makes sense at all. and, yeah. and, and again, you got to have some action taken already, right? You guys can't take everybody from the bottom up. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. you need to be at like 20% or something like that, or have your first single family home or whatever the case is, make your first investment or have the savings put aside. Um, yeah. But I would imagine on the on the wholesale side, you, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there because you don't need, need anything to start. I mean, that's the whole.
0: Allure, allure. Yeah, you don't need anything to start. Even for me, um, uh, when I got started, they're telling me like, hey, you need to buy this software, this software. And I was like, I didn't have no money at that time. So I'm like, how can I do this? But in a cheaper way. So like I'll just give these free tips out. Like, um for with a hundred dollars, you can turn that easily into five grand if you take this, you know, quick thing. You go get PropStream, create a list, and then from there, skip trace. Even if you don't, if you don't have the funds to skip trace, type those out If you're in their city, they have a city uh, websites where you can Kind of find the owner's information, go find the owners first name, last name from there or which should give it to you and then go to truepeoplesearch.com, put their information in their zip code and it'll come up with numbers. And I did that day and night, day and night, day and night, Uh, just calling. I woke up. I probably wake up around seven all the way to like 3 p.m., just calling people until I got lucky. And that's how I got my first deal, just from that. And then from that, making that five grand, then I reinvested into the business. Now I can make things more efficient and you know get more leads from that. So definitely all you need is $100 to get started. Maybe not even that it. much. dollars. If you drive for dollars, you'll be it's cheaper, $0 to get started.
1: <laughs> Door-to-door, <laughs> man. Door-to-door is the, the easiest marketing to get into. I love it. Seriously. I love it so much. <laughs> Okay, so you guys have these billion dollar goals, right?
0: Yeah.
1: How are you structuring your personal life right now to make sure that you hit these billion dollar goals? That's a good. Great
2: question. Eunice, do you want to go or do you want me to? You can go. I'm okay. go. <laughs> I'm the, I love talking about money uh, and finance. <laughs> um, you know, so so business goals are great. First, I believe that you have to align your your personal financial goals with your business goals. Um, so we have a, it's a PFS, it's a personal financial statement every single month we're marking off, you know, um, what do my traditional assets look like, you know, 401k Roth IRAs. What do our, what does our portfolio look like? How much equity do we have in our portfolio? Um, if we have too many properties paid off, what does our ROE look like? What is our return of equity? What if we sold those properties? What, you know would we have the ability to buy something that's uh, performing at a higher level? Um, so every single month on the first of the month, we go through a, our PFS, which is per, uh, personal financial statement. And we need to provide that to the banks and our lenders anyway. Um, so that's holding us accountable to, to reaching those goals. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, a little bit by little. We're just chipping away.
1: Now, that makes a ton of practical sense, too, because it's like you're yeah. – I don't know the back, the back of the baseball card, right. At any given time you have that in place now and you can submit that to the bank if you're on top of it and it's accurate, you know, it's accurate. And then you can keep moving that because there's, there's an asset column in there somewhere that says how much real estate you own. If your goal is a billion, you know what I mean? You want that to keep going up, you know what I'm saying? So that's going to be a massive part of that to actually, I mean, you can't, you can't, uh, got to inspect what you expect right yeah what about you units what are some things you're doing on the the personal side to work towards that billion dollar goal
0: so right now I'm in the verge of just meeting other people I feel like I make the most money by networking with others um, Mm -hmm. and just meeting rather than just sitting behind a desk every day Um, going out there meeting people networking um, and then learning more about the apartment apartment complexes how, and because from a single family home you usually have like 20-25% to of equity but I know when it comes to apartments you'll have more rather than having 20-30 grand you probably have a you know, million dollars worth of equity you know it'll just get me close to my goal from there so that's so that's like the bigger picture for me I can get way more than you know what I put in from an apartment rather than a single family house it's safer definitely because I can get rid of it quickly but you know um, trying to play the long-term game on it it uh, makes a ton of sense. What about
1: legacy guys? You know, we all have our version of what we think legacy is. What legacy do you guys want to leave behind? And we'll start with Chris.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love that question. So so I have two two daughters, uh 16 and nine. And I, I heard this the other day that someone said within two generations, your name will never be spoken again. Think about that for a second. Two generations your name will never be spoken again. No one will say your name again. How do you change that? Right. So not only financially, but for me, leaving a legacy is my kids go to school. They're learning math history. They're learning all of that. You know, I'm teaching them about business and I'm teaching them about life itself. And I want them to, you know, to pass that on to their children. And when I have grandchildren, I want to pass that knowledge on to them. Um, And I'm always looking to make the next generation just, Kind of like Eunice said, he's look he's looking to get into the next group. I want my kids to be in the next higher uh, mm-hmm. economic level than, than I ever am. Um, so that's the legacy I want to you know leave for them. Um, one of my businesses, it's, it's called My Dad Buys Houses. I'm, I'm the dad in that. And really my goal with that company is to make it to where my kids never have to work a day in their life again. I'll never tell them that, but that's mm-hmm. the goal of that business because that legacy is one that <laughs> will live on you know, well past two generations. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's when I think of legacy, you know, not only financially, but, but what memories am I leaving behind with me as well?
1: I love it. And I love the goal of, uh, my dad buys houses. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let me ask you, Chris, uh, on that, are you worried about, I guess, you know, cause the reason, the reason where we are where we are, that Eunice is where he is, Chris, that you're where you are because of the challenges that you've had in your life. And we've probably all faced it at some point. Mm-hmm. The bank account's zero, you know what I'm saying? We don't have any prospects lined up, you know, and being an entrepreneur, like we've got bills coming in due at the end of the month. And I feel like, you know, and, and I don't think it's a question of what those challenges do to our character and build us over time. So are you concerned about, all right, if your daughters don't have to work a day in their life, how are you going to build that character? Yeah, yeah, that's a really, really good question. So, you know, my
2: kids, since they were, I don't know, let's see my oldest. six. So since my oldest daughter was six years old, they've been going to work with me. Um, so they go on rehabs, they go to rental properties, um, they go to grid, they sign people in, in our investment uh, group. So, you know, my, my kids are showing up um, and then they're getting rewarded for that. Um, I guess how, how to prevent that is having them learn on their own is by not giving it to them all at once. and again, not letting them know you know exactly what we have. So um, you know, yeah. making them think that if I if I want to purchase something that they have to actually go out and, and get it themselves. So um, that's a that's a really, really great point. But yeah, my kids are very active in my in my business.
1: Yeah. And so they're almost going through those challenges with you. They're experiencing them firsthand and seeing you go through them, you know, and we, as dads, we all try to protect their emotions and their you know, security and all that as much as we can. But at the end of the day, they see us when we're struggling, you know? And so by involving them in your business so early on, they're going to, they're going to see challenges that they never would have seen if you didn't, you know? So I think you're, you're setting them up for success, brother.
2: Yeah, Doug, I'll say one, one, one of the proudest moments of my life, and it has to do with me, but one of the coolest things, um, you know, when you're in bodybuilding, it's a very selfish sport. It's extremely selfish. Um, I have to wake up about 4.15, 4. 30 in the morning. I have to go to the gym. I come home. I eat about six or seven times a day. When I'm in prep um, before a show, we don't go out to eat. Um, my kids and I, we don't go out to eat. We don't do activities because I'm so drained for, for, from it. Um, the last competition I had, i brought both of my kids. I wasn't up on stage until one 30 in the morning, uh, which was crazy, but both of my kids got to see that, which just made my day. They both stayed awake somehow. Um, but you know, that's, that's another thing. So when you, when you say like, how do, how does that, um, how am I passing that down to me? That's legacy as well, because my kids get to see me not going out on Friday and Saturday nights. I'm not drinking. I'm eating, you know, I'm putting the food in my body. That's getting me to, to where I need to be. Um, um, it's not only what you're saying yes to, but what are you saying no to? Um, and then how are you getting rewarded? Mm -hmm. So they, they see that, you know, and that to me, that really shows them like what it takes to be a winner. Um, because the standard in my house is very high. So we, we win at everything that we do and we put a hundred percent effort into everything. I don't care if it's putting the laundry in the, in the washer, we're going to do it the right way at, at my house. So, um, yeah, that's, that's just something that
1: came, came up that I thought about. I love it, man. There's a ton of alignment there too. I get, I get, I get crap from my family. I guess my wife's found me all the time about how strict I am and how hard I am on my kids, but you know, I'm of the same mindset, you know, and uh, it's, it, it gets difficult because you got to make sure that you're setting that example and you absolutely are brother. So I appreciate you for that. All right, Eunice, what about you, man? What legacy do you want to leave behind?
0: Um, for me, I guess I want to leave uh, for generational wealth is what I want to leave, honestly, um, for generations after. And I want to give back as much as I can to the community. Um, my community, St. Louis community, uh, back home in Africa. And, you know, great memories. So growing up, we didn't have a lot of family times because, you know, we can afford to do a lot of things. Uh, we just have like dinner some nights or whatever sometimes to get the family together but now uh we're able to do that well i'm able to do that me and my uh me and my brother we're able to do that for the family now so we try to take family trips go here and there spend time you know have the kids create memories alongside with us uh my nieces and nephews and where in the past we weren't able to do that so just that creating these memories uh is something that i want to leave behind also
1: yeah, memories, community and generational wealth. That's going to be yeah. a hell of a legacy to leave behind. And I, I love I love it because there's so much purpose behind it. You know, yeah. it's very difficult to execute on those things if you don't have that purpose behind it. So I want to thank uh, both of you guys for for coming on the show today and, and dropping your knowledge. You know, we talked about a ton of stuff around, you know, the businesses that you guys are growing right now, as well as real estate as well as the the personal things that have to happen in order to execute on those goals that you have. Y'all have billion dollar goals and I'm very excited to see y'all hit them.
2: Nice, thanks a yeah. lot. Glad to be part of your circle.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, brother. Let's
0: get building. Appreciate it. Thank you for
1: tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.